Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, welcome to Better Than Yesterday, the Wednesday edition called Better Make It Quick. Uh, why is that? Well, uh, this podcast has been around since uh, 2013. It's a podcast that is here to make your day-to-day better than yesterday, something you hear on this show and every show. Uh, is something that will make your day better than yesterday. I'm here Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Mondays and Wednesdays, I'm here with a guest, and Fridays, I'm here with you. And on Wednesdays, I have asked uh, my uh, researcher and uh, one of my producers, Bree Steele, to go back through the back catalogue, find your favourites, and bring them up, and let's have a let's have a listen. And so on Wednesdays, what we listen to is uh, basically a shortened version of some of the stuff that's in the back catalogue, which is extraordinary. And this particular episode is a really good one, and it was quite transformative in my life, uh, not just because it's a conversation with a, a dear friend of mine, but because the concepts that we spoke about really changed how I felt about a lot of things. Today, we are going to have a quick listen to a longer conversation with James Matheson. We've been mates for 22 years now. We uh, first met when he came to work at Channel V, where I've been working for about a year. We then, a few years later, went on to work together on Australian Idol. And um, last year, we uh, reunited for uh, a run of uh, a podcast called Idol Australians, which is also quite fun if you want to go and check that out. Now, whenever people ask me about James, I always say three things. A, he's the smartest person I know. B, he reads one book a week at least. And C, he's absolutely hilarious. He is completely hilarious. He's the funniest person you'll ever meet. Jimmy has been on this show three times now. And uh, I'd like to revisit our conversation from 2019. It was released on the day of the last Australian election. And, and as we're about to go into another federal election, I thought it would be great to hear from someone who knows what he's talking about and has even run up against Tony Abbott as a member for Warringah himself. Yeah, I mean, a lot has happened in three years in terms of how I think and how I feel about politics and, and how I sort of manage my own emotions, I reckon. But then I was fueled by just this, I, w- I don't want to say fury, but I was just incensed that... You know, Tony Abbott, who was my local member, was 
trotting out the same rhetoric he had for like 22 years and, you know, and people who've lived there have seen it and heard it over and over again and we're like, is there not an alternative? And so then I was like, instead of just yelling at the TV, why don't you actually do something, you know? And so, yeah, that's why I did that. And so it was a really tricky time for us as a family because it's super stressful getting involved in that. You've got to get dedicate a lot of time to it. You can't give the focus you need to the family. You've got to be trying to agitate and get people to think about politics when most people don't want to think about politics or at least change the way they currently think. And so, yeah, it's, it's stressful and it's draining and um, you've got to be really quite committed to doing it. But that's campaigning. Politicking is different, you know, actually developing policy and voting on decisions will affect people's lives is different to campaigning. And campaigning is gross and it's awful um, and elections are horrible. But at the moment, it's the best of a bad bunch, I reckon, in terms of systems that we've got. Wow. Was it Winston Churchill said that democracy is the... The worst the, of all systems, the, apart the, from all the others that we've tried. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something yeah, like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's the best. Something along the lines of like, uh, it's it's the worst idea that we've got, but so far it's the only one that we have found that can work. Or better something than all, better than all the alternatives. Better than all the alternatives. Yeah. Something, like, something like that. I had um I had Stan Grant sitting in that chair a little while ago. I'm going to run it in a couple of weeks, and I asked him this question: Do you think just the very nature of what you've described? The, the grubbiness, the stress, the, the deal make, the grubbiness and the stress of, of campaigning then combined with the deal making and compromising of, you know, what you got elected on to get things through and deal making that is required in politicking. And then the grubbiness of being in the public eye and as we've seen in this particular campaign, how very little, if anything, is off limits. Do you think that keeps the best people out of the job? Yeah, absolutely. What's the incentive for good people to get involved in that? When they see that they'll put their hand up, they'll get dragged through the mud, anything they've ever said in their entire history will be used against them. Not seen in the best light. There's no in intention to go, oh, okay, you said that. Is that what you meant? No. We'll just slur you with it, whatever material we can find because our objective is to win. My objective is to defeat you. It's adversarial in its nature. So there is no way for me to try and beat you without trying to paint you in the worst possible light. And so when good people try and put their hand up because they care about the impacts that policy has and get ridden out of town, then there, there is little to any incentive for good people to go through that to go through the campaigning, to go through the um, mud raking, the, the muck raking that happens. So, yeah, absolutely. Why would you do it? Why would you want to get involved? Unless you're super passionate about it, but then you're in the system. Then you're in the system where you have to actually perpetuate this broken idea. I really think it's important to get more people like James into Parliament. How can we make, though? How can we make politics more inviting to people who really want to make a difference? Social media does play a large part in all of this. But the anonymity and the outrage that comes out of that anonymity that is fostered online, is it valid? The type of discourse that you have online is not real. It is an illusion. But what is not an illusion, well, actually, it is an illusion in a sense, but what 
feels very real for most of us is the emotional reaction we have to those confrontations. That feels just as real as if you'd said the same thing to my face. But the interaction is confected Hmm. because people say things, express things in a way that they simply would not do face-to-face. And that's why nothing, nothing that can be said to another person, for the most part, cannot be taken at face value when it's said online. And I know that's a massive call, but if you said to anyone, would you have expressed that in exactly the same way if that person was sitting with you? And 95% of the time, that's not the case, you know, which means we have a problem Hmm. because we're assuming that that, the dialogue we're having on our phone, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Reddit with another person is reflective of real life or as valuable <coughs> as an as a face-to-face conversation i heard the other day on the, one of my it's my brother introduced me to this great podcast should this exist the woman that the woman that founded Flickr, um the photo sharing website before there was instagram um she's a vc now and she um basically gets an entrepreneur on who talks about their big new invention and then talks to like five or six big industry leaders and goes, okay, they want a like, supersonic flight. They want to build this again. Should this exist? And it's, it's really fascinating. And one of them was about uh, facial recognition software allowing so, uh, basically teaching your machines what your emotions are, all right? And they went into a bunch of really interesting things about communication that only 7% of any communication is the actual content, the words, all right? So a text message, you're missing 93% of intention and 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 meaning. Mm. And I, I kind of thought about that a lot. And, and what are we robbing ourselves as a society by removing that eons old buffer of... I just, I just said someone looks fat. Now I see their face change. Now I feel horrible inside. Oh, dear, that's probably not the right thing to say. I'm sorry. So you've said four words, you're fat, I'm sorry, and nothing's been said in between and you suddenly change your opinion because of, oh, you, I've seen the ramifications of what I've just said to this person sitting in front of me. I've seen their hurt feelings. I've seen their face change. Oh, dear, I'm so sorry. I, no, that's... That, cl- that shirt's tight is what I meant to say, <laughs> or whatever. You know, what are we robbing ourselves of? And, and by missing out on that, I thought it was a really interesting thing. <laughs> yeah. And also on top of that, we are being uh, conditioned and incentivized to behave in that way. We're rewarded on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram for that type of behavior. You know, you get more followers, you get more clicks, you get more engagement. The, the angrier or more upset someone is about an article, the more clicks you will have, the more you will have someone following that particular news source. And so if we are incentivizing people behaving poorly, um, then we've got a bit of a problem in I terms remember, of technology. I remember years ago we were sitting on set at Channel V and one of the camera guys had the Daily Telegraph there and I was just up in arms about, why the fuck would you print something so horrible? It was around the, um, the tamper that refugee issue around the Tampa and I was just so outraged that they would print someone new using exactly the same tone of voice you used just then. Mate, it's not about that. People buy outrage. They buy fear. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like how did I not know this? I was, I, was, I was reacting. I was so reactive back then. I was just so reactive to everything I read. Mm. And, um, and 
I don't know if it, I, I, I was certainly along 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 with most of the population. I'm sure who did not have an idea that I was being manipula- manipulated emotionally by this newspaper, which is now multiplied a thousandfold by by what we see uh, on our phones every day. It's in now. So previously, if we wanted to avoid emotional manipulation, we wouldn't buy the newspaper or we wouldn't. Um, click on a news site, but now we've got a product in our phone 24-7 that with just with a glance can trigger those sort of reactions. And so mm. our ability to discern, you know, when we're getting played and when we're getting manipulating is getting worse. Yeah. We're having less capability of working that out. I honestly learned so much from James and I still continue to learn so much from James. I remember, you know, someone asked me once, what's it like working with Jimmy? I said, well, A, I laugh every day and B, I learn something new every single day I work with him. We're going to hear more from Jimmy in just a second, but I, I wanted to just remind you that we're doing some live versions of this podcast. April the 3rd, we're doing two shows in Melbourne. April the 22nd, we're doing two shows in Brisbane. And it looks like May the 1st, there might be one in Sydney, but details to come on that. If you enjoy this show and this show brings you some value, please do us the best thing ever and you know, like, rate, subscribe, you know, share, tell someone else about the show. If you really want to help us out, you can get an ad-free version of this podcast at patreon.com slash osher, and that really helps us keep the lights on. There's a couple of tiers, there's a few perks, and um, thanks to everybody that did sign up for that. We'll be back with more of James Matheson in a moment. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So. Let me ask you how many people you know that essentially read the newspaper back to front every single day. James Matheson is one of those people. And he's even rarer still because he's not one of those people who reads the paper and then complains. Jimmy takes action and really thinks about providing solutions. I mean, we've got some problems, but we've also got solutions to the problems. We just have to sort of start being honest about... yeah. You know, what type of society we want to live in, how we want to get there, and then what are the processes that we'd have to have in place. Um, but we're hooked. We're all hooked. We're so, hooked on everything. So we're hooked on the emotion of mm. getting outraged. We're hooked on the emotion of elections and parties. Oh, look what the fucking Libs did. You know, mm. we need to start detaching ourselves from the emotional high that we get. And even that... We think that we don't want to feel that, but we do. We do want to feel that. Are we in an abusive relationship with our democracy? Well, yes, with everything. 
But the only way to, and this goes back to what I was saying at the very start, the only way to try and have that counterpoint is to try and start manifesting that sense of, you know, calmness and stillness in ourselves. So we catch ourselves when we're like, fucking can't believe these guys. Who do they think they are? You know, whether Mm. it's on the TV, whether it's a sports result, whether it's um, uh, a politician, yeah, and notice, oh, okay, why did I react like that? Why did that re- how did I let that reaction in? You know, what is it about that? What picture did I have wedded in my mind that is running counter to that? Yeah. So when you're having discussions like this about <coughs> I'd like us to have a conversation about an alternative to democracy. Mm. Or, no, I, no, I want us to have a conversation about the alter- an alternative to our democratic system. Yeah. I want us to keep democracy, but I want us to have a conversation about how we might change the system that, of how we're governed. There are, in my view, uh, an element of people who, it's like they've gone to WWE school down in Miami where they learn how to be wrestlers and they learn, you know, how to act off the cuff when they're in the middle of a thing in the ring having, and one of them turns heel and then the, the drama happens, but they have to kind of improvise it, so they'll have to learn how to act. And there's one particular MP... Uh, up in Townsville and she was being asked about her opposition's, um, you know, idea that this coal mine shouldn't go ahead and her first words were, oh, because that person wants us to burn cow pats to make dinner. No, she doesn't Mm. want us to go back to how we used to cook food 30,000 years ago. There are more modern alternatives, well and truly, but this idea of quick what's the worst possible 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 alternative to this and then say well that all that person wants to do is to have us let everybody in and then they'll be going out with your daughter mm. no that's not it like, I, how think, you, I think they get trained to do that yeah yeah i'm, I'm absolutely certain that in they miami would, <laughs> probably not in miami but there would be party room Meetings, or there would be resources available for them to go. Okay, if you asked, that they definitely have media training. If you're asked about this, switch to this. Yeah, yeah. point the blame somewhere else. Yeah, deflect. Never. And and that's the thing that is problematic. And this is the thing. If you got a room full of people and you said, "Do you think democracy is the best system?" Everyone put their hands up. And then if you ask them, "Do you think?" It's working for people. Do you think politicians are honest? Do you think that they are doing the will of the people? I don't think you'd have many people's hands up. And so there's a disconnect. We all think this is the best system, but we know it's inherently flawed. How do we try and bridge that gap between those two massive contradictions? So how do we do it? Uh, look, I think, you know, maybe not this time around, but maybe next election. And I think I spoke, I think I spoke last time that I'd run a, start a new party, but I think the only way to do it is actually start, you know, advocating for it in the public realm. We, we're going to be the party that ends all parties, you know, the party's over party. I love it. But, uh, you have to pop, vote for you, pop. <laughs> You have to use... We voted for FAP last time. Yeah. Let's vote for POP. FAP POP. But I think, you know, when I was here last time, I was thinking, oh, you just need a different form of party or a different way of doing things within the party. But the parties are the problem. Yeah. And the only way is to, in a way, burn it to the ground and give power back to the people. And people are terrified of that. They're terrified that the regular people would make the right decisions. But that's this this illusion that politicians aren't regular people, that they've gone through some sort of special training or some sort of 
elite group that, oh, okay, we'll defer our power to them because they know best because At they're best, politicians. At best, they've all gone to Sydney Boys High. <clears throat> At they, best. I mean, if you look, <laughs> it's not a good cross-section. You know, none of those people have been on welfare before. None of those people have been seriously on the margins of poverty mm. for most of those people are as you said you know from private schools this is not just the liberal party you know uh, either lawyers former unionists um political lobbyists who've turned actual politicians so there's not a cross and then we'll go back there. to lobbying in the off season oh within about 20 minutes of yeah. leaving office yeah so we we know it's broken we just need to have the courage to go okay what would be one of the options to try and change it? Does it happen when we become a republic? Like Australia Day? What? Like, I'm just asking, like, is it an opportunity to hit reset when we become a republic? No, because that'll happen, you know, in the next five, ten years, won't it, you know? Did Stan talk about that? That That's the ideal day to have Australia Day. He, he wants to get rid of Australia Day. But that is that is the day you have Australia Day. When we become a republic. It's, it is a no-brainer. Yeah. It is a perfect day. And we don't even have to wait for that, you know. We just go, okay, we need it around the same time. It would help. So make it, I don't know, 1st of February, change the date, and then when we get to become a republic, then we go, oh, we'll do it. We'll pass that act on February 1st. So we don't need to wait for a republic to change the date. We change the date to something close to Australia Day, so we've mm. same got the same sort of summertime, schoolish holidays, there's a familiarity to it. And then when we become a republic, we tie that in so the day not just has some sort of random date, it has some sort of semblance of meaning and history to it. And there we go. I wonder if that will happen. I hope it does. If you want to hear more of my full conversations with James, he's been on three times over the years. Just scroll back through the Better Than Yesterday podcast feed. Uh, you'll find more chats with Jimmy. The sortition stuff is, is fascinating. And um, I recommend uh, Ian Walker from New Democracy if you want to get a, a bit more into that. I'll see you on Friday for a bit of a chat. And then Monday, we'll have a brand new, super big, excellent show. Scroll back through the podcast feed. Have a listen to some other stuff. Get your tickets for the live shows, Melbourne on the 3rd of April, Brisbane on the 22nd. More details about the first domain in Sydney, but keep it free. It looks like it's going to be an afternoon gig. Thanks to everybody that helped me make this show today. Bree Steele, who uh, wrote and produced it. Uh, Rachel Barrett, my executive producer, who's had a hell of a week uh, underwater, like many Australians. Andy Ma, my audio director. Toe Hider on the music. And you for listening. If you need me between now and Friday, send Osher email at gmail.com. Until we speak then, sleep well and dream of beautiful things. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.